Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this month's reflection episode, June 2023. If this is your first reflection episode tuning in, then welcome. Every single month, I break down all of the highs and lows, all of the lessons and perspectives that I learned from navigating all sorts of challenging experiences or amazing experiences. I do this so that I can personally sort of process the information and turn it into an intention for the next month, but also so that all of you can witness somebody who's truly actually in the trenches doing deep emotional healing work as a lifestyle, and you can see the benefit of it. So this month, (laughs) it's just uh, a lot of self-love, a lot of me learning how to sit inside of spaciousness, Um, me and my partner recently decided to spend some time apart. And so just been sitting in the spaciousness of that. And there's been a lot of emotions and experiences and challenges and so many lessons that are flowing through in this period. And so I'm really excited for you guys to learn all of those. We specifically talk a lot about my process for asking really good questions of myself. We talk a lot about powerful perspectives that you can lean on when you are challenged or going through challenging moments how to create your own personal disciplines for pulling you out of unhelpful stories or negative self-talk and so much more. I mean, it's hard for me to cover everything that I talk about on the in my monthly reflections in an intro because there's just so much. But I hope that this conversation meets you in a beautiful way. I hope it helps you see that challenging experiences and heartbreaks and different opportunities and like all of these are just opportunities in life to sit even deeper into yourself. And on the other side of that is a, is a lot of beauty and a lot of growth and a lot of love that emerges. I love you guys. Thank you all for being here and giving the show a voice. And without further ado, here is this month's reflection episode with Georgina. Yo, yo, yo. What is up, my peoples? And welcome to this very special episode of Stay Grounded, June's 2023 Reflection episode with my dear friend, Georgina. Welcome back to the show. Hey Raj, hey everyone. Happy to be back again to talk about all the the magic of the last month. Where are you at, Raj? Been a month. (laughs) (laughs) You left us in quite a, you know, it was was a big episode last month, a lot had been happening. So I'm sure that equally there's been lots lots of stuff to talk about this time. It's been a month of a lot of feeling, a lot of learning, a lot of, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the greatest act of self-love, love. I mean, just love, forget self-love. At the end of the day, like, I think uh, coming out of a a relationship that you truly, 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 where you care about the other person so deeply, but there's just so much in that. <laughs> just learning to be with the spaciousness, learning to 
connect to unconditional love, learning to trust in timing, learning to fill my own cup, learning to choose the fuck out of me and enjoy that, learning to really embody my magic, learning to really step into my fullness, learning to develop a deeper relationship to God and spirit. It's been a really big process for me this month. You know, there's been the relationship, obviously, and just massive shifts in business and work. And it's it's just forced so much of me to come forward. I truly feel like when I made the decision that this was going to be 100 days of Raj, and this is going to be 100 days of me stepping into my fullness, like, I, I guess I know now, well, I've always known that like the power of words, right? like the second you ask for something, the universe gives it to you. The second you declare something, the universe brings forth all the challenges that you need in order for you to truly integrate what you really want. So be careful what you ask for. If you are asking, and I've seen this, I've, this has happened multiple times in my life. Like I remember back in 2020, I had my first big psychedelic experience, like really big one where like I met my soul for the first time. And after I came out of that experience, I was like, I'm a fucking king. And I had this like, I am a king. I am just a king. I've made it. I've done all the work I need to do. I am just awesome. The next month is when my entire life fell apart. I had all these deals go wrong. I had business partners start to act shady. I had everything in my life was starting to unravel. And that's when Gina also showed up in my life and we started dating. And so it was like, I said this and then I attracted. And I feel like that's what's happening again now. It's like, I said this. It's a hundred days of choosing Raj, of committing to me fully no matter what shows up and really integrating this new way of being that is fully in alignment with Raj at his core. And that's continuing to bring just all of the challenges and all of the opportunities for me to practice that, put, put these principles into practice. And so, yeah, it's been a month, a lot of loving, a lot of self-loving, a lot of, a lot of being with the spaciousness and choosing to see the beauty in this life experience that I'm co-creating. So I would love to pick up on the, the notion of spaciousness because obviously when something ends in our lives, that's taken up a lot of space. When that is not present any longer, we suddenly have all this, this spaciousness to step into. So can you talk about how you've been navigating that spaciousness in association with the 100 Days of Raj where you're choosing yourself? Like how have you been intentionally moving in the new space that you've got available to you? Well, I think it's uh, coming back to tuning in to intuition versus fear. Like I've been really playing with this notion that like, you know, our feelings are, can be really confusing at times. That's true. Especially if we haven't taken the time to really practice being intimate with our feelings. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to distinguish between what's a fear, a fear-based feeling versus something that's like an intuitive hit. For me in my spaciousness, like I've been feeling all of it. <laughs> I've been feeling more intuitive guidance. Like I feel more inspiration flowing through me, but then I also feel massive fear flowing through me. And in that spaciousness, like what's been most valuable for me is to sit with it. I actually signed up for my first 10 day Vipassana that I'm going to be going to in August. And for those of you who don't know what a Vipassana is, it's a 10 day silent meditation where you don't get to speak to anybody and you really just sit with yourself. And that to me feels like a really big edge, <laughs> not going to lie. Because traditionally, I'm the type of guy that loves to create his way through sadness or pain. He loves to 
you know, he's just, I'm, I'm very like expressive. I'm very social. For me, I think the practice has been not to fill the spaciousness with more. Mm-hmm. So like, instead of filling up my calendar with more meetings or more things that I need to be doing, it's like, no, like, can I actually be in the spaciousness, allow the feelings to flow and then act on the insight that comes through? Because once you feel the feeling fully is the, is the only time you can actually get the insight and the wisdom that's present in those feelings. And I traditionally have been good at feeling, but I think with the spaciousness now, like I actually just allowed myself to go a lot deeper. Coincidentally, like the second week of, I was in Asheville, North Carolina for a few weeks. I'm currently nomadic and just kind of like going to different places in the States to feel what feels like home in between here and Costa Rica. Costa Rica definitely feels like a home for me. I just, there's a place in the US for me. I just, I'm not fully sure where. Currently Austin and Asheville, Colorado. I'm kind of spending a lot of places. So I was in Asheville, North Carolina for a wedding and I ended up staying there for a few weeks and I ended up like somehow magically manifesting an Airbnb that was with like a Buddhist monk. And I just lived with him and like, we just went deep on the nature of suffering and like how the Buddhists think about consciousness and awakening and the spaciousness and death and so much. And it was like such a more powerful reminders that like sitting in the spaciousness and being the observer of my experiences is the biggest practice I can have right now in my life. Because even the idea that let's say I run into challenges, business challenges have been big this month. Like, right. Like the second half of the month was a lot of that, like navigating really prickly conversations, like working with banks, being the entrepreneur. It's like being in the fire of that has been like lots of challenges that have been like presently showing up. And like, if I'm connected to fear, it's like, there's a hustle energy to try and fix the problem versus in the spaciousness. Can I sit in intuition and listen and then act on what flows through so that I know I'm not act, working on the wrong thing. Mm. And that's the piece in the spaciousness. Like you can, you can sit and no matter what you do, it doesn't matter. Cause at the end of the day, like everything is happening for a reason. Right. So if you act out of fear or intuition, it doesn't matter. I'm just learning to see that like when I sit in the stillness and I don't fill up the space with like fear, when I don't take action on what fear is telling me to do, and I can just let fear run its script long enough to feel through it so that I can get to intuition, there's a much clearer message. It's much more refined, much more potent in its form. And I'm learning to distinguish between the voices. And now my intuition is getting really, really, really dialed in. It's always been dialed in, but it's getting into an even deeper and greater depth. And I think that's been the biggest gift that's come through the spaciousness for me. And what I'm continuing to refine and practice because I, I do believe it's not easy to sit in the spaciousness. And I do think there's also a time to fill yourself with nurture and love. It's nurture from different things outside of you, like whether it's going to the gym or doing hot yoga or being with friends or just like receiving love, right? Like there's many forms of love you can receive. I'm just really feeling that like for me in this, at least for the last month, the most potent form of love I could have given myself was me being with myself and me reminding myself that like, I've got little Raj. I don't need anyone else to take care of this little guy. I have so got him. And when I don't got him, spirits got him. <laughs> My higher self, this, this soul, whatever energy you want to call it, has got me and him. And so this multi-layered relationship with Raj is ultimately what's emerging from the spaciousness. And I think that is a, is a massive gift to myself 
that I really am truly grateful for that I, I don't think I've ever actually fully been able to embody or access in my life. I just love that because you're right. When, when life feels so full, we don't always give ourselves that time to really sit and allow the deepness to emerge so we can distinguish between fear and intuition. Can you give us some examples of a choice you were having to make? And then what was the fear instinct? And then what did you end up doing because you gave yourself the the spaciousness to hear intuition? How did you know? Like, talk us through that experience if you can. I mean, there's so much. I'm sure there's loads. <laughs> I'm trying not to like get too much into my mess <laughs> without it being useful, without having context. I have six pages of notes here, right? It's challenging for me to like go into that, but like, Okay, so I guess the context behind my question is I'm just curious to see how different the call and the invitation from spirit is to what our human fear. So let's just say fear. So fear would be maybe something of the sorts of going back into an old pattern that feels comfortable and useful versus connecting to a a different frequency of how you would approach the problem. So like, for example, if there's a problem that I normally would solve by calling people and asking for help. Well, where's that drive coming from? Like if I actually sit with the feeling long enough and I feel it, do I still need to call the other person or do I actually just need to create a solution? That's epic. (laughs) That's the thing. Like I, I realized there's so many things that like, I was like, I need this person. I need help from that person. I need this. I need that. No, I need to feel my fucking feelings. And then I actually just have everything I've ever needed and more. I know exactly what to do, where to do it, who to do it with, how to get there in this moment until the next wave of fear comes. <laughs> and then I got to do that again. But it's like a spiral upwards. You just keep hitting the same fears, but you're working through the deeper chords until you've, you've, you've created a nervous system that can actually handle and tolerate large amounts of chaos and stress. And so you're actually building yourself to be someone that can stay really grounded and rooted inside of times of crisis. And it evokes a new level of leadership because the leadership is self-sourced. And so for me, at the end of the day, it is just a practice of feeling the fear. Because once you feel the fear, intuition inevitably shows up, but it's on the other side of the deep feeling. Is it like coming out of a tunnel? Can you feel it? Can you feel when the shift is happening? Like you're immersed, immersed. Yes, it's almost instantaneous for me. Like I literally feel it and I'm like stuck in the story, story, story. Sometimes the loop is I'm not enough. I don't trust. It's like all these loops old. Uh, I'm, a, a, I'm a failure. Like I can't believe it. I let these people down. Da, 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 da. Fear, 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 which then drives a certain set of behaviors. But when I feel the threads of that, then the insight's like, uh-uh, what are, you, what are you talking about? And there's tools, right? Like to me, insights are like level two affirmations. Insights are like your own kind of like healing codes. So like I have all my in- insights that have come from my journeys inside of like an iPhone note that are all in my own words. So anytime I'm in like any one of my loops, I just go to my like note and I read those insights. In fact, you can even like, that's partially some functionality. We're actually creating functionality in the Liberate app to be able to like harness insights Because like the triggers are one thing, like all the emotional spirals, but then like the insights are a whole nother world of of power because once you can feel your insights, you can pull yourself out of that and get yourself back on track. And ultimately they're like guardrails for you to move forward. So insights come from intuition. Triggers come from fear. 
that's like the two kind of things. And the behaviors that come on top of both of those is either coming from creative power, which is the insight, or coming from fear, which is lack and scarcity. And you can make progress with both. But to me, the most effective path is when you're connected to your power. I mean, I love this distinction because you gave some of those examples there of some of the like the stories you step into. And I think most people can relate to that. You know, I'm not enough. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. All that kind of stuff. And I think sometimes we can have that temptation to the voice can come up and say, no, you're not. No, you're not. And take you off that feeling path. But what I'm hearing you say is if you allow yourself to actually go through the fear of what those feelings actually can turn into on the other side of that, the intuition shows up and you end up in a much more connected space that I could just I could see it in your face. and I could feel that that power that you've been experiencing when you are connecting with, with source and, and with that deeper power. God, with God. Okay. With God, that's hundred days of Raj. It's been really powerful because I'm realizing it's not just a contract with myself. Inevitably, this is also a contract with spirit. I am so deeply committed to experiencing the, the fabric of my reality from a lens of truth. And I'm so deeply committed that now it's like, all right, spirit, if I'm going to follow your path, you better give me all the abundance in the world. (laughs) It's like, there's this beauty that comes from you really connecting to your creative power. Because when you see yourself as a divine being, you start to connect to your inherent deservingness. And that's been a big practice for me. It's like, even in the well of me making mistakes, not being perfect, slipping, you know, all these things Like, can I just connect to the inherent deservingness of me? What does that mean? Let, let's unpack that notion. So let's look at it this way. If a, a mentor, or not even a mentor from afar, this guy that I saw give a speech a few a year ago, Jimmy Rouse, he shared this one perspective that brought me into tears that actually connects to this like idea of inherent deservingness, which is like, as a baby, can you look at yourself through the eyes of the first person who laid eyes on you? Like the first caretaker that laid eyes on you? And just think about that for a second, just as that idea. Like when I think about like my, I thought about like my grandma, my grandma just looked at me because she was the first person to hold me. And like, I remember a year ago, I couldn't even receive that because it was like, like the way she was looking at me when I wasn't doing anything, when I wasn't adding any value, when I wasn't changing the world, when I wasn't being Raj, when I wasn't helping, when I wasn't all these things that we do to feel our deservingness, our worthiness. But my inherent worth there was bringing so much joy to this woman. Can I receive that gaze from God, a higher power, a divine mother and a divine father, nature, the cosmos? Can I just receive and go into a state of meditation around feeling that deservingness? And can I learn to connect to that source at all times? Because that is the truth. That is the truth of our experience. I can try going to mom and dad to get love, but ultimately they did the best they could with what they know. Going to the source of love above that is to me what I mean by connecting to your inherent deservingness, which is this inherent unconditional column of love that is always yours, that is you don't have to do anything to be unconditionally loved. You just have to be. Now, there's actions you have to take to create your reality. Like if you want to manifest wealth or if you want to manifest love, like you can't, love is not enough. It's not like there's more that comes with that. 
But to connect to just your inherent deservingness doesn't require anything external. It's actually just a choice you get to make. And it's a frequency you get to embody. And that's ultimately a frequency that I've been really practicing, especially in times of, like I said, like coming out of the the relationship transition and then like also coming into the state of business challenges and like creating into a new way of, of liberation ultimately. Like this is, I'm, I'm liberating myself from all these faulty programs that are keeping me from feeling my inherent deservingness. But like, I don't think there's anything we need to do to really feel that. I think that's just ours. That was such a powerful moment. I was just closing my eyes and just trying to get myself in that place as well. Like, can I see myself in that place that you were describing? And what was interesting is the internal chatter that comes up about whether you can or cannot receive that. So it's just curious how you're asking such brilliant questions of yourself that actually are evoking possibility for insights to to follow. Because I can see now, if I after this, this after this podcast, I could go and ha- have that conversation with myself and actually got, start to see where I'm stuck and where I'm not allowing certain things into my life. So, do you want to share a little bit more about this power of questioning and why that is such an important part of your experience and your your method for growing? Ah, let me actually pull a quote that a friend of mine gave me yesterday. We always have the answer. We're just not always asking the right questions. That's, yes, that's very true. Very, very true. So that to me kind of encapsulates this idea. The right questions, and I feel very fortunate, Stay Grounded has helped me become an exquisite question asker over the years. And that's also benefited me personally in my life because it's allowed me to actually connect to the thing beneath the thing beneath the thing. It's not asking a question about what's happening at the surface. It's actually asking questions about the underlying mechanics of what's going on and how you can actually ascend through life by paying attention to those underlying mechanics. And so like, instead of you asking yourself, why is this relationship not working or why did this not happen? Or like, what do I want in relationship? It's more actually going deeper into who do you want to be? And then how can your relationship be designed to meet you in the ways that you want to be met. Do you see how that is a very different frequency than what do I want in a partnership? They're different. They're the same questions, but there's different ways of actually evoking a deeper well of responsibility, which is what I think ultimately questions can allow. Like in the question, there's this ability to create the spaciousness because the question does not actually give you the answer. Sometimes the question can. Writing the question itself can probably give you the answer. But a lot of times the question, the question is just creating the seed of possibilities and creating an environment rich for insight, which is why questions are such powerful prompts for journaling. Like having a question start the journaling exercise is really powerful because sometimes you can have the same question, but have different answers each day. And so that to me is like the, I don't know if I'm answering your question. If you no, have any other questions. Definitely are, but I have more into. questions, so carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I think for me, I've just gotten into a, you know, I'm even looking at some of the questions I asked myself. If I was so whole within myself, what qualities would I need in a relationship? That's a good question. Most of the times, like we ask ourselves, oh, I want this thing in my relationship. I want this thing. Or I want this thing in my business. I want this thing. But inherently, you wanting something is coming from a place of lack. Because if you had it, you would you still want it? 
if you actually fully felt like you had it already, would you still want it? And so I've been, so there's this like question. I actually asked myself that question. Like if I, if I fully trusted myself to give my mind everything it has ever needed for safety, what would I be asking for? What did you get? What was the answer? I don't know. I'm still exploring that one. That's um, a just amazing question. I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, I don't, I don't know if I have the answers to these questions. I'm, what I'm sharing are the questions because to me, I don't even know if I ever, like, I'm, I'm refining those answers. They're coming yeah. through me, through my experiences as I live my life, as I test hypotheses, right? Like you have questions and then you're like, all right, I don't know what the answer is. Let's go test it. And then you go into a testing phase and then you get more data. And then as you get more data, you refine the questions so that you can get, so that you can actually get to what you're actually trying to get to, right? So it's this process of refining, Mm -hmm. refining the question is, I think the art, the getting the question can be sourced from inspiration. You can read it on a journal page. You can talk to mentors, like whatever, right. Or deep listening, Mm -hmm. refining the question to me is, is what happens when you, when you live your life. So these questions, okay, the kind of questions you're asking yourself, they don't have answers that are like superficial. These are the type of questions that you have to kind of stop and pause and contemplate. And I'd love to know, what is your process for ensuring that you answer the questions? Because sometimes we can just ask a question and think, oh, that's too hard to answer. I'll, I'll leave it. And then go deep enough to actually get to the end of the thought process or the feeling process to discover what you actually need to be writing down or, or, or expressing. I mean, there's no, nothing you need to be doing. Let's just put it that way, right? Like this is a process of self-exploration and there's no timeline. It's not like we're trying to get to an end goal here. Like I have a vision for my life. I don't have an end goal. And so there's really important to decide, just decipher that. Like, especially with like, with awakening or that's ultimately what we're talking about here, which is like awakening, ascending in consciousness, learning to love ourselves, creating lives we love, living in more fulfillment, all words for the same thing, right? Like it's just becoming the most whole and authentic versions of ourselves that we can be. And ultimately that is a lifelong journey. And so to me, getting it right, I don't think there's really a getting it right. I think it's more about coming back to a consistent practice of doing this type of work. So like you can start a question and just continue being in meditation around it and like set intentions and then run in a direction of life that allows you to get the answer. Cause the answer is not going to always come from just writing. It's actually going to come from doing and testing and creating and like forging the path forward so that destiny can be revealed through an insight. We're looking for destiny at the end of the day, our destiny, which is ultimately, I think what you're asking, how do I get that? How do I really know that I'm on my right path? How do I really get the thing I'm here to get in this lifetime? Those are big questions. Those are very, very, very big, big questions. So I think that to me is, uh, I don't know if that, like I said, I don't think I answered your question, but maybe I just introduced another question. Uh, (laughs) Well, let me give you an example. Like, so I had a conversation with a a dear friend of mine when I was um, in Asheville we were talking about this very concept of like, if I felt so whole in myself, would I still look for the same qualities in a partner or in, a, in another person? Like, right. Like what would I still, if I still felt so whole, as I'm asking myself that question, he recommends a book and I'm like, okay, let me read the book. And the book's called radical forgiveness. And the book was all about like the thing you see in another is actually what you are seeing in yourself. So if you don't like something in another, it's actually the thing you don't like in yourself. And if there's like, so there's like this whole concept of like mirrors, right? So like the thing you want in another is actually the thing you're actually craving within yourself. 
You just haven't learned how to give that to you yet. And that's what the book was about. So then I started reading the book. That then holds a whole new world of me getting insight, which then shapes more clearer questions and clearer experiments to test, right? Like, so then there's like, uh, I look at my life and then I'm like, okay, like I'm going to spend a weekend with my dad for his birthday. There's a whole bunch of things that I could look at and say like, all right, these are qualities in my dad that I don't love. Can I practice loving him unconditionally in all of his and see what happens there? Do I still want something different from him? Or can I just love him as he is? And is that amazing? And that was a hypothesis and a test. Turns out loving my dad exactly as he is, is a fucking gift to him and me. Who knew? (laughs) All these years, I've been trying to get all my family members to change and be different and better. But if I just love them as they are, they're actually magnificent. Obviously, you set boundaries with people that are disrespectful to you. So if you're listening and if you have family members that are disrespectful, set a boundary. But how much energy was I spending trying to make people be different? And so now I'm taking that into the frame of like any relationship that I have with other people. It's like if I just learn to accept them fully as they are, but be really clear in my needs and my boundaries and my values and how I can show up in that relationship, what will my relationships look then? What kind of like, what will my partnership, my, like, you know, like, what would the next relationship container I'm in look like? Like, it's like, how will this evolve is what I'm like consistently looking into. So that should give you a little more insight into my process of shaping this, how questions shape the manifesto, how questions shape the vision, how questions shape the thing I'm calling in, the thing I'm creating, the way I create it. It's, It's not even what you say to somebody, it's how you say it. It's not even the way you look at someone, it's how you look at them. Like those are different levels of consciousness. There's, there's so many layers to consciousness. There's so many layers to this conversation that I think you have to discover on your own. There's obviously, I can tell you all these things, and, but ultimately like it is about refining your own process and getting to deeper depths within yourself. And the deeper you get within yourself, the more capacity you have to actually access some of these deeper layers of the conversation. But ultimately, like wherever you're at, you're asking yourself questions. That's where you're supposed to be. You're you're asking yourself questions with where you're at, at the level of consciousness, and you're going to get the exact lessons and insights for where you're at. And then when you when you learn that lesson, the experience changes, and then the classroom changes, and now you have to cover the next lesson, and you may need new tools to uncover those lessons. Amazing. But you can continue just evolving on upwards, because that's truly how the game of life works, at least in my eyes, in my limited understanding of all of this. That's at least how I've been choosing to play this game of life and how it's truly become a game instead of something that has to be so serious. Epic. Like that was, I love that. <laughs> that was so fascinating. And um, so what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that this process of, of self-awareness and, and self-exploration, you can use questions as like a, a start point. But what you're saying is you don't have to answer the question there. And then actually you can use spaciousness to have these multi-layers of experience and the questions can evolve as your awareness and insights grow. We can take time, we can take space. It's not a case of, tick, you know, because sometimes you can say, oh, I've got to answer this question and write it down and tick it done. No, it's like lean the whole thing. Coming back to that idea of like, your story's not over yet, right? You haven't said about that yet. So let's talk about that because that's awesome. Well, like I thought I talked about, didn't I talk about that in the very beginning? Like your story, like you're, you're still writing your story. Like, One of the biggest insights I think that's come through for me, it's been a real anchor for me. When I get stuck in 
feeling like I have to get to a certain end zone by a certain date or a certain timeline, whether I have to answer a certain question or I have to figure something out about myself or my life, or I have to reach a certain level of success or I have to do anything, right? Like, it's like, I have to be further along than I am right now. Like whenever I get into that story, one of the most powerful anchors for me is just remembering that I'm writing the story in every moment and that miracles happen overnight. Things can shift overnight. So just keep being in the experience and just keep being true to what's here right now. If it's showing up in your present awareness, it's meant to be experienced. It could be a feeling, it could be a challenge, it could be a setback, it could be a hard conversation, it could be any experience, thought loop, it could be a memory, whatever it is that shows up for you. Like, it's like, this is meant to be here. It's all happening for a greater story. And I really believe that. Like, it's a choice to believe that. You don't have to believe that. You could believe that, gosh, like I've reached my peak and I'll never do this other thing. I never find love again. I'll never be successful again. I'll never, you can choose to believe that, or you can choose to believe that all of this is part of this grand unfolding. And if you truly have a relationship with spirit, she won't guide you wrong. She won't, she can't. Everything is happening for you. And I really believe it's a choice to believe that that's ultimately what the muscle of faith is. And I think faith is one of the most powerful healing forces of all. I think it's truly what is the bedrock of emotional resilience. Like to me, when I think about emotional, you know, we're, we're launching a, uh, a three month uh, program for, for cancer patients right now. And, you know, we're talking about emotional resilience and going deep into what is emotional resilience and how do you build it? And I think one of the deepest ways to build it is by being able to see the larger picture and find the faith and build your faith muscle in that, gosh, like, I know this is hard right now and a benevolent spirit loves me because I'm inherently deserving of love. That to me is the bedrock of, I think, all resilience to me. And that's, that's what I think is shaping for my life through my challenges, through the relationship, through all the things. It's like, can I just keep trusting that? Like, just, I'm so, 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 so loved not by people, but like just loved by a higher intelligence that seems to just be benevolent. It always shows up right on time, never too late. I always get the right message, the right opportunity, the right, there's all, I can look back on my life and I can just count how many times miracles have happened, how many magical things have happened, synchronicities have happened. I can look at my life and think of times where I was just in so much fear and worry that things weren't going to work out. And now all of a sudden I'm here and things are fine. I think that's the piece that I keep coming back to is like when I get stuck in these fear-based loops of things, not, am I, I'm not far enough along. I'm letting people down. Like this won't work out. What if, you know, what if, what if, what if, like, it's just coming back to just remembering that there's a bigger story. And right now just feel what's here, be with what's here, focus on what's here and trust that the truth will always prevail. And the truth is benevolent. The truth is love at the end of the day. I love that. That's so useful. And it's curious how we can get so frustrated when things don't happen on the time that we think it should happen. And then the fear kicks in. I love what you're saying, that you hold that faith that the story's still being written. Who knows what's around the corner? And it reminds me of like nature, for example, the seasonal nature of, of, of our planet and how in the winter it looks like nothing's present, but spring is going to arrive and, and things will burst through the ground and everything will come back into the green again. And if myself, I've been trying to navigate that 
experience of just allowing when it looks like nothing's happening or nothing's not happening quick enough just to trust that it's just not the end of the process yet there's still more time to be in the the uncertainty and the difficult feelings but that time will pass when it's ripe and ready to so t- talk talk us through the, di- the discipline that you've been creating to be able to hold yourself and not want to press fast forward or switch to a different place like how have you been holding yourself in the reality of what's present so that you can cultivate the faith that you're developing in god okay this is a beautiful question if i think about my disciplines right now it's i wake up every morning i read my manifesto to myself which is just a list of affirmations um that are commitments that i've made to myself about who i am and there's no pretending when i read this i read it out loud i look at and i really feel me and i'm like this is who you are you're not your challenges you're not anything around you you're not what anyone else says like this is who you are and then after I read that, I go to the gym and I activate that, embody it fully in my body. And then I come back and I, uh, I sit in meditation and I allow myself to just feel whatever's present. If it's hard for me to feel that, it's hard for me. Like I have a whole list of insights and like notes that I've like written for like, all. I, I think I talked about this on last week's episode, but like or last month's episode, um, how my I have iPhone notes for different challenging experiences and feelings and thoughts and stuff. Like, so like I have a whole collection of that. And so like if I'm feeling something that's really challenging, whether it's in relationship or in work and in ch- business or in even health, sometimes like there's just rather like whatever it is, right. I'll just come back to that, read it. And then I'll sit in meditation and normally like I'll feel whatever's there. And sometimes it's a Joe Dispenza meditation. Sometimes it's just like a deep feeling meditation. Sometimes it's just sitting in contemplation. And then depending on where I'm at, if I need another message, if I need like a sign from God, I'll pull a tarot card. And those have been magical for me. I'm a huge believer in tarot. The right decks can really change your life. And I've been really, can I have a, a masculine focused deck, which is more on like creation. And then I have like a, a yin, more feminine focused deck, which is like, like for softer, I need to be held and I tune into myself and I'm like, what do I need in this moment? And I kind of just go into whichever I need, the yin, the yin or the yang. And then I hold space for that. And then I receive it, integrate it, journal, and then I kick ass with my day. And then I go out and I just be my, my best self. And then I come back and I'm kind to myself. And so that's been my, I start with the morning practice. Let's just say that's my practice right now. It's a morning practice and that's evolving. So I've been traveling and depending on what I feel in the moment. Sometimes I might go for a hike instead of work out and just get lost in nature. So it just depends on where I'm at and what I'm experiencing and what I'm feeling. That's usually been the flow of like, it's just a commitment. It's a commitment to reminding yourself of who you fucking are and having people around you that hold like that, that also see you as that. That to me has been a big one too. Like I have friends and family, like when I'm in challenge or when I'm like, it's like I have people that literally look at me and they're like, like, Raj, I have zero fucking fear for you. They're just like, if there's anybody who's going to dance through this and figure it out, it's you. That's how much I believe in you. They're literally, and you, I, I can feel it in the way they speak to me. It's like, do I have challenges in front of me? Yeah. Do they help spar with me? Yeah. But they don't pity me. They're just like, dude, like, look who you are. That's also really beneficial is having people like that, that like just fucking see you. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes that's all you really need. You don't really need somebody to give you solutions. Like, and for me, in fact, like very rarely do I ever need coming back to like, once I feel my feelings, I actually know exactly what I need to do. Yeah. I realize I really don't need like strategy. Sometimes I need strategy. Like I can call people and I know who to call. When I need strategic advice or, you know, any type of tactical advice. Like I know who to call. Yep. But more so what I really just know I need is I need just people who can like remind me of how, how powerful I am. And I have a way of like, I have a journal. In fact, this was an exercise last month. I was at a men's retreat and the facilitator had us all go through this process of like, for like an hour and a half, writing down all the biggest wins you've had, all the things you've accomplished, all of the fears you've tackled, all of the challenges you've overcome, all of the processes you've worked through, all of the limiting beliefs you've gotten rid of, all of the people you've helped and just put it on like a, a, do a brain dump. And he kind of gave me that idea. And like, it's like whenever you feel like you're not good enough or you can't handle challenge or you're like in this thing, go read that list. And I've been doing that. I have this list of like just hundreds of things that I've, (laughs) it is, we don't allow ourselves. Well, (laughs) you know, I had the permission in that container to be really authentic with myself around like, and it's not even just like what I've done professionally. It's also like what I've accomplished spiritually, what I've accomplished relationally, who I am, who I've grown into. There's so many different aspects of like this thing of deservingness, right? Like coming back to that, like, it's not just what you do, which is awesome, which is also a huge confidence builder. Yes. And to like who you are and how you've chosen to show up in the world, your character. These are all things that you get to be proud of yourself for, especially if they were built and forged. So taking inventory of that's been really big and that's been a big process. So it's like, I think just creating an environment where I feel like I'm supported by myself first, which is how I start the day. So myself and spirit. And then I allow the world to mirror back what I'm internally sort of vibing at. Because if you're vibing at a different level internally, you're just going to attract the same muck outside. And so there's the, there's that piece. Like, it's like, we, we don't always, we can't always control what's happening outside of us, but we can choose how we respond. Right. And so that, that response can only be shaped by you having a really solid foundation of who you are. And that being like the bedrock of, of everything that you experience in your life. Like it's, this is the, that's the gifts that's found in the spaciousness coming back full circle. And that's so powerful. I love how you have the the routine to create the structure and the space that you want to show up as your best in. But then you also have these tools and practices that if you do find yourself wavering or starting to end up with doubt and fear, you can bring yourself right back into who you want to be and live your live your day and your life in that way. That that just feels so, so beautiful and so powerful. So um gosh, so many things this month, like so many different topics and 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 conversations we've had, but I'd love to bring it together by asking you if you, you know, if you had to weave a thread through through June June twenty three, what would that thread be? Liberation. Liberation, not freedom. They talk about the difference between freedom and liberation because I, I hear you. That liberation's got such a yeah. So liberation's not just the name of my company. It's uh-huh. also there's a deeper meaning behind. I mean, I'll probably talk about just why I named the company Liberate at some point. But to me, liberation is different than freedom because freedom is, well, let's talk about fear, right? At the end of the day, like freedom, liberation, everything is, is going from fear to love. Like when you're not trapped and usually the trap is a fear-based trap. It's not actually, you're not actually trapped. 
you're not actually physically confined. You're confined by the mind. Like the mind is keeping you confined from making changes or asking for your needs to be met or having the courage to go do something else in your life or leave a job you hate. Like it's all in your mind. So when I think about like liberation, I think freedom, when we think about freedom, freedom is like making changes in your life, knowing that you're afraid of something and just doing it anyways. Like that's, that can get you to freedom, but then you'll just have the next thing to fight. You'll constantly have new fears to battle. Liberation to me is feeling the feeling of fear fully so you can actually be released of it for good. And that to me is because when you have no feeling to fear, you are truly free. When I say truly free, I think that's what I mean by liberation. And that's what this month has been about. It's been like, can I feel the depths of my feeling and all the fears associated with everything in my life right now fully so that I can actually be liberated from everything that I thought would, yeah, just everything that I thought would hurt me, break me. Can I just feel the fullness of my heartbreak? Can I feel the fullness of all the potentialities of relationship? Can I, can I feel the, yeah, can I feel everything? Can I feel, it's all part of liberation. And so to me, that is, um, yeah, I think that's been the thread and the theme and it continues to be a, a, a big theme of a hundred days of Raj, which is just like, how deeply am I committed to my own personal liberation? Love that. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And okay. So last question, like how did you, how did you stay grounded this month, Raj? <sighs> nature. Well, I guess nature was when I was in Asheville, I was just going on hikes almost every day. It was such a luscious, beautiful place. My daily practice, I would say, a daily practice of like just daily commitments, my manifestos, journaling, writing, yeah, just feeling my feelings. I think it's all the basics. I have a list of things now that keep me grounded and I just keep circling and cycling through those as I go through the months and the second I discover something new, I add to it. But it's gotten to a point where like I just know myself so deeply and I know what works for me and I know what um, helps me get back to a state of empowerment. And so like, to me, that's where I feel most grounded is when I'm empowered, right? Like I'm most grounded. I'm not really afraid when I'm just empowered. So it's like, how do I just get myself back to that state of pure trust and empowerment and belief in me and belief in forces unseen? Like what's going to help me get there the fastest? And whatever that is, is the thing I, I, I lean into to help me stay and become grounded in the most, uh, in the most effective ways. What an answer. Uh, what a month no, what a month. a month of lots 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 of lessons and learnings and we didn't even get to talk about half the things i thought we were going to talk about <laughs> i have so many other uh powerful principles and uh yeah i mean well there's always more but georgina thank you again for holding such loving space for this conversation to be what it is and very grateful as always for just the chance to to connect in this way so you're very welcome. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and this is your old friend, Georgina. And from us, Stay Grounded. We will chat with you soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. 
For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay Grounded.